Vox Quick Hits. The internet as we know it exists because of a law that you've probably never heard of, at least not until recently. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, a law that dates back to 1996, says that internet platforms are allowed to police the content people post on them however they want, and they're not liable for what people say there. Essentially, it's a sword and a shield for Facebook, Twitter, and basically any website out there. Republicans and Democrats have become increasingly critical of Section 230, but for very different reasons. Recode Sarah Morrison is here to talk about what Section 230 really means, criticism of it from both sides of the aisle, and whether there's a chance of meaningful action on the matter under the incoming Biden administration. To start out, I'm curious if you can just briefly lay out what Section 230 even is. Section 230 basically says that um, any internet platform, like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, for example, they aren't liable for content that their users post or put on them. If I tweet something, you know, like libelous about somebody else, you know, which I would obviously never do, um, that, <laughs> that person could sue me for defamation, but they couldn't sue Twitter. And at the same time, Twitter can moderate my posts um, as they see fit. There's sort of a lot more to it than that, but I think that's the example that most people sort of readily understand. Like, I can tweet, like, McDonald's fries are disgusting, and, like, Twitter can take down my tweet, and McDonald's can sue me, but they can't sue Twitter. Like, that's basically it. Yeah, pretty much. So Section 230 has obviously been in the news a lot lately. What's going on here? The law is, like, 25 years old, uh, and it holds up, like, the entire, like, internet ecosystem. Uh, so it's an important one. I think over the last couple of years, as there's been more criticism of, like, big tech, there's been more criticism of a law that sort of protects them from, like, lawsuits that other industries don't have. So it seemed like Section 230 was about to be out of the headlines with Trump leaving office. But after the Capitol riots, which were in no small part started online, it seems like the conversation is about to pick up again. And there's also the fact that Biden has said he wants to do something about Section 230 as well, right? Long before the riots, he was talking about how this was a problem because of misinformation online. And a lot of Democrats who are about to be in control of both houses of Congress are critical of Section 230 too. So you can see a world where there is some growing momentum to do something. Essentially, I think they who are basically in, in the driver's seat here, uh, very motivated all of a sudden to uh, try to figure out a way to uh, temper or, you know, or stop a lot of that through legislation, which is, you know, the thing they do. So something that kind of faded or looked like it was going to fade is suddenly like a much louder, more pressing um, and more obvious uh, case uh, argument to make for it. Donald Trump obviously has complained a lot about Section 230. What's really his beef with it? And I guess the beef of the broader Republican Party, because it's not just Donald Trump who's complaining about this. His beef is basically the, the moderation. I think, you know, he seems to think that repealing Section 230 would just let him say whatever he wanted, like all the time. And platforms couldn't stop him or, I guess, make him go away, which isn't exactly true. But like, you know, OK, the Republican Party that opposes it kind of, I think, sees like reforming it to like force uh, rules about moderation to change and essentially not let platforms moderate quite so much. Their whole thing is they feel like conservative content is being censored. A lot of right wing figures are being deplatformed by liberal leaning companies. And because Twitter and Facebook are basically our town square, 
we should have freedom of speech in them, even though they're private businesses. Right. So basically, the Republicans say, without a lot of evidence, that they are being unfairly targeted and censored by big tech companies, that they're not allowed to speak. And they think that if they get rid of Section 230 or reform Section 230, then they will be able to make some progress on that. Is that a fair assessment of it? Yeah, that moderators won't arbitrarily or biased, you know, take down political speech, which is what they think they're doing, with not a lot of evidence of that actually happening. But yeah. So, okay, we understand the Republican criticism of this, but Democrats also are not super gung-ho Section 230, but sort of for different reasons. What issues do Democrats bring up when you talk to them about it? The kind of interesting thing to me about a lot of this is that Democrats and Republicans have a problem with Section 230 and want it to be reformed, but their reasons for it are basically opposite. So the Democrats who are in favor of reform generally think that platforms just, you know, spread misinformation or disinformation, extremism. That argument seems to be like significantly bolstered by the events that we've seen in the last week. I think all lawmakers got a real close look at like how this stuff can play out. And they would like some kind of reform somewhere that say that, you know, companies basically need to do more moderation of certain kinds of content, not less. Right. So in a way, Republicans are like, let us say whatever or let whoever say whatever. And Democrats are like, hold on a minute. Clearly, we are seeing with the Capitol riots, some real life effects of of some things that are going on online. Yeah. And then before that, they had issues with election misinformation or things spread about political candidates. They think there's a lot of dangerous stuff for one reason or another on the internet. And the people who host it aren't doing enough because they don't have to, to stop it. And that's sort of the tricky thing here that, you know, a lot of times when Twitter and Facebook sort of take certain content down or whatever, people will say, well, they're violating free speech, right? But sort of what Section 230 does is it protects Twitter's right to free speech from infringement from the government, right? So sort of Twitter also has a free speech right in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's a private business, but private businesses have First Amendment protections also. So I know this is a complex issue. And given your reporting, I'm kind of curious where you come down on this, <laughs> which I know is is complicated. But obviously, on the one hand, you know, it feels like it's a good idea for Twitter to take down some dangerous accounts. It's also kind of scary that Twitter can do that. I mean, when you talk to experts on this, what do they think is a good approach on Section 230 or just on really kind of reining in this Internet ecosystem that we are living with? Well, that's, you know, not a complicated question <laughs> at all. Um, I, I mean, personally, um, I like the internet, you know, in general. Um, I'd like it to continue. And I think most experts I've talked to don't agree with repealing Section 230 entirely. I don't even really see how you can at this point. In terms of reform, you know, I've, I've seen the argument or heard the argument that this law was put into place a long time ago and the internet looked like very different Maybe it's worth re-examining what Section 230 does now in like the context of the current internet landscape. A lot of the like laws that have been proposed sort of like Swiss cheese Section 230. They sort of just make increasingly more carve-outs for what uh, content it doesn't apply to. I'm not like in favor of that. I think that just increasingly carves away until something's like meaningless and you know, forces tech companies to, again, be making many more moderation decisions that, like, I don't think we want them to make. I mean, one approach that I've, you know, found interesting is if you take on, like, the algorithms that 
some of these platforms use to determine like what content you see more of or which people you're encouraged to follow. You know, you're no longer like a passive platform here. You're making like an editorial decision. And so maybe Section 230 no longer applies to you. Like essentially, I think the problem is that there are only a few tech companies and the decisions that they make have just a massive impact on the rest of society. You know, if we enforce antitrust laws that like create like more competition or remove or diminish or like fragment the power that just a few companies have over basically all of us, I think that would probably do more to limit the spread of a lot of this stuff and then probably solve some other issues we have. Well, this has been interesting. I feel like Section 230 is perennially in the news now and often very misunderstood, and it's nice just to get a sense of, like, what it even means, especially as this seems like it's not going away. So thanks for talking to me about it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Sarah Morrison is a reporter at Recode, and you can follow her on Twitter at Sarah Morrison.